smartcast.com This is the morning brief from the Economic Times produced in collaboration with avas.com The year 2020 saw many lows but this one space saw dizzying highs I'm talking about Bitcoin the most traded cryptocurrency in India which saw a 300% rise in value since the ban on it was lifted in March 2020 as the price rises there is also a fear of missing out among investors people who dismissed it as a ponzi scheme are now wondering if they missed the bus but investing in bitcoin is not for the faint hearted in this podcast we will explore what's driving the bitcoin rally and whether it is time to invest or to maintain caution we will also try to break down how this market operates in india from the economic times i am rachita prasad and you are listening to the morning brief let me introduce you to our guests today our first guest is gorav dahake He's the chief executive officer of BitBNS which is a cryptocurrencies exchange based out of Bangalore. Our second guest is Siddharth Shukla who reports on cryptocurrencies for ET Prime and has been writing on this space since 2016. Welcome to the podcast gentlemen. My first question is to you Gaurav what is this frenzy around bitcoins? Why have the prices gone up so much? give us an insider's view so uh, imagine this way that you are kind of playing a multiplayer game and uh, there is say some sort of sword uh, that has all the powers in it and there are only say 12 uh, uh, swords that are kind of created and think of it this way that you can resell that sword to someone else and uh, that's how a market is kind of created uh, for uh, that sort of a digital good uh similar to it uh, bitcoin kind of uh, showcases similar values around that uh, where the supply is finite there is a lot of monetary easing that has happened with quantitative uh, easing and a lot of money printing that has happened globally uh, and that's when people are looking at having a store of value for uh, any of their wealth that they've created and uh, they're seeing bitcoin as kind of a plausible option as more and more institutional adoption is also taking place uh, this year so a lot of institutions have actually committed to holding a certain amount of bitcoin on the balance sheets and that is kind of driving a lot of momentum for bitcoin right now you think this is going to continue yes uh, so at least for the next foreseeable future uh, we can definitely see that sort of a momentum kind of increasing uh, we're seeing a lot of institutions actually connecting even with us to uh, have a certain amount uh, of allocation to bitcoin not just institutions financial institutions but even corporates or startups who want to hedge uh, some of their bets they want to take certain exposure to bitcoin and gorav uh, what levels are we looking at because i saw some predictions uh, what are the predictions that you would give a serious thought to well definitely uh, about 100000 usd uh, by the next 18 to 24 months uh, that would be kind of definitely there uh, we're already at 35000 usd uh, now and just to kind of put things in context uh, bitcoin is moving 
uh, by about three four thousand dollars a day now, uh, which was not even the price of one Bitcoin in March two thousand twenty. Uh, so the volatility is uh, extremely high, but uh, we're seeing a large influx of capital that is coming in, and the supply is limited. So there are only nine hundred Bitcoins that kind of come into circulation every day. Absolutely, I mean it's interesting the kind of rise uh, in prices that we have seen. Uh, so that you know the memory of two thousand seventeen is still very raw. What happened in the Bitcoin space? There was a steep rise and then a fall in prices and there was a subsequent ban on it what has changed since then how is the market different from then and uh, what is your understanding of what is happening right now so in india not much has changed on the regulatory front since 2017 when the crypto community won the case against rbi last year in march it sort of set the clock back to how things were back in 2017 all right and uh, there's still no clarity around how the business is based on cryptocurrencies and uh, they are supposed to be regulated so that clarity is still missing on the regulatory front at least in india but if you look at at the global scale there are many jurisdictions where regulators have actually they have taken very progressive steps and uh, like for example japan i would say would be one of the countries which are at the forefront which have come up with very clear cut definitions around what are uh, crypto assets they have stopped using the term virtual currencies because the regulators over there they understand that the nature of all these various tokens they vary as per their application since 2017 onwards the us sec did also declare bitcoin and ethereum as utility tokens of sort so that sort of like has set a benchmark of how the regulations can be going ahead so that is one positive that has happened from 2017 onwards on the market front and on the technology front there have been some positives as well like first of all what we saw in 2017 the rally was very very speculative in nature right this time what has happened we have seen that a lot of institutional players have come in in the last one year a lot of publicly listed companies have uh, actually uh, put bitcoin on their balance sheets so we have a new set of long term institutional holders so that is one very big difference from uh, the last rally we are not going to see a huge downward momentum with the price going ahead there should be a new bottom that we will see being formed for uh, bitcoin going ahead with this all right uh, before we actually move ahead i have a very elementary question i mean if gorov can take this one can you briefly explain how bitcoins work to the uninitiated uh, i'm sure there are a lot of listeners who are not very familiar with the market and also for people wondering where to start uh, can you give them any idea on how they can actually enter this market so bitcoins are unique in their nature in the way that they do not need any sort of intermediary for a transaction to take place normally when you send money from one person to other like you are doing a upi transaction right that gets through multiple intermediaries uh, like uh, npci rbi banks and all with respect to bitcoin that's not the case and that's precisely the innovation that bitcoin has kind of uh, gotten into so Uh, any sort of a transaction from one person to other happens uh, seamlessly and all those transactions are cryptographically locked uh, and those are kind of verified by certain sort of computers which kind of verify that hey this transaction is valid uh, and then the bitcoins kind of get processed to other person 
and this is how a bitcoin transaction works you get a public address uh, similar to your bank account number on that address anyone can kind of send funds uh, and uh, once that block is kind of mined within 10 minutes you kind of get your funds right in part of it is uh, this is not restricted by any geography or anything so you can send funds from here to mexico or from mexico to china or anywhere across the globe the best way to kind of take an exposure is start uh, with an sip into bitcoin yes there are tools to kind of do it uh, do an sip in bitcoin one of them is bitdroplet.com so where you just sign up do your kyc and then uh, once the kyc is done you can start with as little as 100 rupees a day and a lot of like the bitcoin sips that are kind of out there typically uh, are a daily sort of an sip so basically slow and steady steps uh, got to help us understand that since it's not a very regulated space and uh, like siddharth was also saying that in india we don't really have uh, laws governing it what is the due diligence that you undertake before you allow any bitcoin to be listed on your exchange so overall we operate a trading exchange similar to a national stock exchange um the exchange name is bitbns bitbns stands for bitcoin buy and sell so uh, users can come on to it uh, register kyc process entirely is automated so people submit the pan uh, the proof of uh, address uh, and a video selfie with documents saying i'm signing up for this uh once that's kind of done users can kind of deposit money uh, all deposits or withdrawals from the exchange are instant and it's 24 cross 7 cross 365 so there's no kind of uh, restriction in terms of timing versus say a stock market kind of operates for a certain hours every day and who are the people buying right now on your exchange earlier in the discussion we heard that a lot of institutions are lining up but in india who are, what is the profile of investors in bitcoins right now so yesterday itself we signed up a person uh, she's 77 years old and she didn't even have a net banking sort of a mechanism so she uh, deposited a check via her bank and uh, she kind of got on board it so like the spectrum is kind of improving uh, day by day uh, but uh, predominantly uh, the younger crowd uh, so 20 to 35 years is like over 70% of users that are kind of uh, into bitcoin right now but that number is improving across other sort of demographics as well right uh, siddharth you know we spoke about the profile of uh, the investors uh, changing big institutions have been accumulating bitcoins uh, as a form of investment and even as a potential inflation hedge which means uh, they potentially could dump it as well going ahead what's your take on it so uh, in the last one year only we have seen a huge interest from uh, publicly listed companies uh to have bitcoin uh, as part of their balance sheet as well as your traditional institutions banks like jp morgan goldman sachs and even a few insurance companies they have warmed up to the idea of uh, having bitcoin either in their portfolio or as a way to uh, manage risk so oh, at present uh, as we speak uh, more than a million bitcoins and uh, that would be around uh, 5 5. Point 5% of the total bitcoins in supply right now are held by these new set of institutional holders mm-hmm. so a lot of people are seriously looking at bitcoin as digital gold chris wood of uh, jeffries he has actually for the first time in many years reduced the share of gold uh, in his uh, portfolio and has actually uh, incorporated 5% of bitcoin over there when it comes to listed entities like for example micro strategy 
a Nasdaq listed a uh, small cap company was the first one who started this trend last year and they have invested in bitcoin equivalent to i think more than a billion dollars now their total holding stands at around a billion dollars so their aim is that the primary treasury reserve asset on an ongoing basis is supposed to be bitcoin in their view along with cash and short term investments and uh, if we have to look at what the ceo of the company had to say so his view on bitcoin is as it's the ideal treasury reserve asset as things stand now and the reason why he took a bet on bitcoin was because it was triggered by the federal reserve's extreme policy response to covid and the way the fed was printing money over the last one year so that was one of the reasons now we are seeing that all these traditional institutes mm. who were very bullish on gold and uh, they are sort of slowly understanding and accepting bitcoin as a digital form of gold as well and they are like you know allocating some capital to that uh is there a risk that retail investors like gorav just said that some senior citizen joining some young people joining uh, retail investors like them may actually burn their fingers now coming back to the risk with regards to like what happens if like you know all of them suddenly plan to dump it so that this is where i would like to bring back the point of where i was talking about these are a new set of holders earlier we had the bitcoin whales which were sort of like you can say the institutional holders because they were the ones who had the large chunks of currency with them so in the past we had seen that ev- during every rally a bitcoin whale could just enter dump their tokens and that would crash the price hmm. but now that's very difficult to happen so i don't see a chance of these new set of institutional holders dumping the token like going ahead but in any case for the retail investors i think because a lot of individuals are getting into the whole phenomena because they fear that they might miss out on the rally what they need to look at is how do they secure their assets because we have seen in the past that there have been like you know hacks on exchanges and people have also tried you know certain phishing attacks and stuff to steal bitcoins from individuals so individuals retail investors should also know and read up about on how they can safeguard their own assets as well going ahead uh, what can be done on that front to safeguard the investments what are the risks around a potential global government crackdown on bitcoins what's your take on that so a global crackdown on bitcoin isn't possible i mean okay it'll be as difficult as all the countries in the world coming together to ban the internet i mean we have major economies like japan us there are a couple of european nations as well who are regulating the businesses built on top of cryptocurrencies which shows that there's a clear intent that governments want to tame it and not ban it but uh, siddharth what i'm trying to understand is at the end of the day it is a cryptocurrency i mean if it is a threat to the country's currency or uh, it somewhere interferes with that is there a possibility that the governments might come down cracking on it the thing is one has to understand the architecture behind bitcoin so the way bitcoin was designed it was designed to bypass all the existing government norms right it was it was built with the intent to exist outside the 
landscape, the regulatory landscape that we have. And because it's built with that intent, it is censorship resistant. So any attempt to censor or to crack down on the technology, in fact, leads to more innovation, which makes it more resistant to such kind of crackdown. We have seen in all the major jurisdictions that it's either the securities regulator, which is leading the regulation on this whole front, along with the payments regulator and all other uh, regulatory bodies. But in India, we have that's missing actually we see that it's the rbi that is calling the shots with regards to what can be done and what cannot be done around cryptocurrencies and the participation from sebi has been like very very limited so basically the regulation may just simplify things to that extent and like you said that there are enough examples across the world which we can uh, kind of take ideas from right exactly before we wrap up uh, i have one question that i want to ask both of you uh, whether you personally have invested in bitcoins and are you going to keep investing in it let me ask gaurav first right so yes uh, definitely having been in the space for years so my first purchase bitcoin was in 2013 Back in college, we heard of Bitcoin and we thought we'll start mining it. We assembled a PC uh, and started mining and uh, Bitcoin's mining difficulty kind of keeps on increasing. So after a certain point in time, the mining was not kind of visible on it. So we kept using the PC for playing FIFA for the rest of the time. Yeah, that was my first brush with Bitcoin. have been involved in the space for the last uh, few years and kind of keep a decent amount of investment into Bitcoin. and keep on investing. So I definitely run an SIP uh, and continuously keep on increasing uh, the location that I have into Bitcoin. Fair enough. What about you, Siddharth? So similar to like Gaurav, back when I was in college, actually I had made my first purchase right after college. (laughs) When I started earning, I was reading about the technology when I was in college in 2013. The Silk Road incident happened, which, you know, uh, brought everybody's attention to what is Bitcoin. And then post that in 2014, uh, when I was earning a little bit, I thought that I should put some money into it. And my rationale was that, you know, I'm not going to put more than what I am comfortable losing in its entirety. (laughs) So with that, I had uh, bought some. But over the years, uh, like, you know, uh, on every significant dip, every significant fall, I have accumulated uh, some uh, amount of that. I'm not running an SIP like Gaurav. Wow. It's incredible how both of you have been into Bitcoins and investing into it since your college days. I can't help thinking what I was doing in college. And let me tell you, I was not doing anything even remotely close to that. As our guest said, from college kids to senior citizens, everyone seems to be looking at Bitcoin as the currency of the future. With institutional players coming in, the scale of the game has changed. The lack of regulations around it only means that exchanges need to be more responsible and investors need to practice caution. That's all from us today. Thank you, Gaurav, and thank you, Siddharth. I'm Rachita Prasad, and you've been listening to The Morning Brief. This episode was edited by Devina Sen Gupta and Bhavya Dilip Kumar and coordinated by Bhavya Dilip Kumar. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. We look forward to your feedback. Write to us at themorningbrief at the rate timesgroup.com. And if you like the episode, please do share on your social media handles. 
The morning brief is every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Avaaz.com